Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Finger Guns podcast, episode 215. Monish Roscoe, how are you doing? I hope you're doing well. And just remember, you are Kenneth. Joining me this week, it's Kat. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. <laughs> how you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I should probably say hi, Ken. <laughs> Instead no, of hi, Barbie. But... Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's, it's fine. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Not bad, not bad, not bad. Lovely. lovely that was kind stuff. of like my version of all right, all right, all right. <laughs> well, hi, everybody. All right, all right. All hi, everybody. All right, all right, all right. Tell me about your week. What's been going on, as if I don't already know? Um, well, I went to see Oppenheimer, and then I went to see Barbie with you, and then we went to McDonald's with you, oh my God. Um, and then you wore the most bitching outfit, honestly. If 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 you could have seen Ross's outfit yesterday, it was incredible. Um, I've been playing Baldur's Gate, which I'll talk about in a bit. It's been, been, been a week, but it's been busy, but it's been nice. Lovely. Nice. Um, yeah, I went bowling, or tried to go bowling, before a massive power cut happened, halfway through Taunton. <laughs> but uh, other than that, good. Fantastic. You've had a, you've had a week. I've had a week. I've done all of the things. You really have done all of the things. All, all of the hand things yeah. you've done at least once. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally. Yeah. All I need Thank is a Starbucks and a Costa, and I've pretty much got like a bingo card home run. <laughs> Take advantage of all the two things Taunton has to offer. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Miles Thompson. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Oh, man, it's been a while. How are you? Oh, it's been so long. We haven't spoken for like four hours at a time in, I don't know, what, five days? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. It was a time. I enjoyed it. I'm still living on the high of it. If you happen to be a Linkin Park fan, we recorded... Probably the, I want to say the definitive Linkin Park podcast on Friday. <laughs> is it definitive though? When we're still considering making another one. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, uh, we did. We ranked all of the albums of Linkin Park, and four hours later, we had a podcast. Yeah, and it was um, it is it's quite something, and you can listen it... to that right now. Oh, it was spectacular! I'm just coming straight. Oh, it was spectacular! I think we did a great job. Whether anyone else agrees or not, I don't know. But I think we did a great job. <laughs> um, we listened to that. I listened to it uh, yesterday. I didn't feel like four hours at all. I just kind of had it on all day. And it was like, wow, that actually flew by. So whether, whether or not it's genuinely entertaining, I'm not sure. But it didn't, feel <laughs> like, it didn't feel like four hours and ten minutes at all. Oh, that's promising. I think if you can listen back to like your own podcast and know that it doesn't feel like an age like that's always a good sign i always struggle to just listen to my own voice um so if i had to listen to it back it'd probably feel like 16 hours for me <laughs> but no it was great and uh, we had good fun what is every five minutes we were going oh you fucking idiot what the fuck are you talking about yeah and, there was uh, yeah. a lot of rage we were right over throats almost every five minutes you fucking idiots thing. hybrid theory wasn't the best album sorry no, is that is that what we were that's what well, don't, like. don't spoil it for the listeners. But, um, <laughs> and democracy wins. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was between the three people that voted, democracy won. Yep. <laughs> democracy of the two. <laughs> yep. That's all you need, man. That's all you need. Just one vote is all it takes. Yeah. 
That's how it rolls. Mr. Josh Thompson. Hello. Hello. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm very good. Sounds like everyone's had an action-packed week. Um, yeah. I need to find some time to be able to listen to this Lincoln Park so I can get angry at probably at least one of the three, potentially two, if someone's been um, outvoted for a, for an opinion. Um, um, yeah. So, Oh, you have so much rage to behold. You're going to have so much rage. There is so much elbow in that happens. I better have. <laughs> Joe, I, I feel like I can say I'd be angry, but... Um, I can't say I'm the biggest Linkin Park fan out of the group by by any stretch of the imagination. I think my kind of peak was Meteora. So as long as Meteora has got some love in there and it, it at least is oh high boy. up there. <laughs> oh boy. Oh Josh, you need to listen to this podcast. Oh boy, you got yeah. Uh, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> go Josh. That go. was a seminal album. Go Josh. That go. was you know, Meteora, um, God, fucking, uh, it's not Lincoln Park, but I Brought You My Bullets uh, by My Chemical Romance mm-hmm. and um, Fall Out Boys, Infinite on High. Oh, no, not that one, uh, From Under the Cork Tree. They were kind of like those three albums around the same time um, that, yeah, that kind of really changed me. So if you guys have just come to upset my childhood, me, um, drawing the Lincoln Park album cover whilst listening to Lincoln Park, then I don't know. There's going to be some repressed feelings to come out next week. I'm saying nothing. Mm. If it's minutes to midnight, oh boy, yeah, there's silence oh there. Oh boy, <laughs> you two have just huffed too much Transformers Two copium. To enjoy <laughs> <Is it? laughs> oh boy! Just, just kick back and enjoy the podcast, Josh. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay, I've given right. up very quickly on that uh, on that podcast. Yeah, do you know what? I probably would have left. I would have been like, "No, not having this. See you later. <laughs> enjoy yourselves." <laughs> um, I thought I had some takes, all right, and then Miles dropped some bombs. Also. Listen, listen. Yeah, okay, all right. I did drop one or two, but you dropped the biggest ones. Like, yeah. It could be argued I dropped the biggest one, but not even argued definitively. <laughs> I anyway. do think Cat has done some educating for Miles in terms of some of the older music that us elder emos, and we are at that point now. We are elder emos um, have like kind of put Miles on some music um, that we yeah, kind I of think... have always been into. I take great pleasure in detailing how I would love to make a stage musical out of a fever you can't sweat out. Because I think it would make a fucking fantastic musical. Nice. <laughs> and I have to go through and explain what the song is. And I basically just him um, every single song from that album. Um, yeah. The Fallout Boy, like, early albums. We're just here to educate the Elder Emo Triangle. And actually, this year, I am doing the trifecta of Elder Emo. So I've seen Paramore, I've seen Panic, and I'm due to see... Um, Fallout Boy in November. So nice. there we go. That's the the Trinity of Elder Emo. 
Oh god, the Elder Ring. I'd like to do an MCR ranking, but I think I'm the only one that generally loves that band on this podcast. I'd have to do it. With, I love uh, it. I like. I also album, love but, MCR, uh, but I, I don't listen to any album. To be fair, I don't mm. give a shit about it. I mean, there's only four albums, so it would only take like two hours. <laughs> and like you say that, we won't just not worth doing. Just not worth doing, you know. Um. Anyway, finishing off our wonderful podcast team, of course. It's your dog. Hello. Hello. Hello, Hello. Pal. How are you? I'm good. Yourself? Doing very well, thank you. Had a lovely week. Um, as I said, uh, saw Cat yesterday. We had a wonderful day. Um, I came home. We're working on music this week, which has been nice. I've been putting it on the back burner for a bit. But um, yeah, picked up my guitar and uh, started working on some things. Very happy. You're doing a gig in September? Well, yeah, thanks so much for bringing that up. September the 8th at Kick Kick Innovation Center. Um, yeah, they're they're very amazingly putting on a tribute show for my dad. And um, I've been asked to play, which is really nice. And so yeah, I've been rehearsing for that at the moment and just making sure I get everything pitch perfect. Um, I haven't performed in like 10 years. So it's gonna what be genre of music do you do? Um, well, you know, it's a mixture. Um, for that night, it's going to be all kind of the music that dad likes. So it's country and folky and acoustic stuff um yeah so it's gonna go down that avenue but i kind of write that sort of thing as well um you should uh, you know check it out i've got albums on spotify and apple right now available now um so yeah that's what i've been doing in my week how's your week been uh busy streaming uh i've had a bit of a bombshell landed on me in previous week or so so i've been sorting stuff out but i can't talk about it so yeah, it's it's been a really interesting week. Um I've been enjoying some of the games I've been playing and uh I think oh yeah, I started going for walks again. So nice. I've been going for a 10-15 minute walk every day down the canal I live next to. Um so I've got a few pictures of like the swans and ducks and stuff. There's a few fish in there as well. So yeah, yeah it's it's been nice. Um and yeah, yeah. I'm just just uh, a little bit tired tonight, but I think a good night's sleep tonight and I'll be all good again. Sweet. It's the thing that you can't talk about, the thing you ended on the Slack. Yes. Yes, ah, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. okay. Yeah, we can't talk about it, but it's very cool. Very, very <laughs> cool indeed. Um, all right, then. Let's get into game of the week. I'm going to start with Cat uh, Barbie. This should be interesting. What is your game of the week? My game of the week is Baldur's Gate 3. Woo! Currently 94 in Metacritic, best game of the year. Right? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you completely remove the title, then yeah, it's a <laughs> pretty good game. If it's attached to the franchise, then it's a fucking shit show. <laughs> like, uh, I don't want to go into a 20 minute rant about it, but Baldur's Gate 3 is not a love letter to the previous two games. It is so far removed it's fucking painful. It's actually so painful that I've written a li- list and the list is titled Things That Boil My Piss About This Game. And it's not like Things That Boil My Piss just generally <laughs> about the game, like as if I'm reviewing it. It's Things That Boil My Piss About The Game in relation to the idea that this is supposed to be 
the franchise of Baldur's Gate, the third in the in the series. And I just, I feel, just, I feel like they've leaned. I, basically, the concerns and fears that I had when I saw it in all of those showcases six months ago have almost come true. And I tried so hard to be like, nope, it's going to be amazing. They're going to do it justice. They're going to be right. Fucking hell, if I wanted to play Divinity Sin 3, I, I'd, I'd fucking play one and two first. Like, I've played a bit of two, to be fair. But it just feels like they couldn't pitch number three for whatever reason and the people were like nah you can't have that one soz so they're like oh do you know what we should do we should buy the licensing to Baldur's gate a 20 year franchise that has been i don't even know when the last game was released i want to say it was like 98 97 was was when Baldur's gate 2 came out um or maybe 2001 oh, i don't know i guess i quite google sort that out um maybe 2001 oh, i don't know anyway and it just feels like They've, oh, they've leaned too hard on modernization. The only thing that is slightly reputable about Baldur's Gate is the fucking title screen, and that sounds so harsh. And I feel like I'm being so harsh. And the thing is, if I forget that it's a Baldur's Gate game, I'm actually having quite a lot of fun. And then I remember that many, many years ago, I remember Sean or you asking, "What's your pie in the sky?" to come back and I said Baldur's Gate and that has come to fruition and it is I cried when I saw the title screen I actually had tears in my eyes because I was so happy I was like oh my god this is really happening like this is you know Miles's Metal Gear this is this is you know I don't know a, a Sonic game above nine I don't know like <laughs> like and <laughs> this is not that and I was playing it and I was just like this just isn't bold as get. I was saying to you, was on my Ross, that like it feels like they've brought back friends and then they've not cast anybody. Like Jen, Jen Allison, she's busy. David Schwimmer, nah, he's not feeling it. You know, fucking Matt LeBlanc still doing Top Gear. <laughs> just, and I'm so sad by it. But yeah. Hmm. Like everything as well, like not even just the time. Like my problem and my worry, my main concern was going to be, is the turn-based com- combat going to piss me off? And to an extent, it does. It does piss me off. But it, it's not even that. It's that like surrounding the turn-based combat, nothing is the same. Like not even. And I actually gave them, it feels like I'm saying, like you were saying jokes and, and I said, like, it just feels like they haven't. They haven't played the original games. They've just watched a lot of fucking videos on them. And that's what it feels like. It feels like like not even the icons are the same. The only thing that I've found slightly the same is the stuff that you find, um, i.e. you can find an Onyx gem. And that they used to be worth like something ridiculous, like twenty coins when you were when you were playing. And I just found one of them, and I was like, "Wow, that's the most Baldur's Gate I've fucking felt in the last week." Everything is different. You used to be able to pause the game. You used to just you know a whole different combat system. The inventory is different. The UI is different. Um, you have cutscenes like every five seconds. Um, you had cutscenes in Baldur's Gate, but they were like to tell the story and a narrative, not to conversate. And it's just it felt like it was smoother in the older games. Not even the maps the same. So like the map used to look like a really old scroll. So you'd have like the map of your location, and then you'd go outside of the map, and it would be like a really piratey map. And I convinced myself that they didn't know what that looked like until I saw how they've displayed the release dates around the world and it's exactly that map and i'm like right 
So you do know what it looks like then. So why have you not put it in your game? Why does nothing feel like Baldur's Gate? Why does it feel like I'm playing a Divinity Sin game? I get that you fucking made Divinity Sin 1 and 2, but do your research. Like, it just feels like they've got the writers of Baldur's Gate and been like, yeah. So eventually, and every so often, they drop in that that person was from Baldur's Gate. And they're like, oh, yeah, I used to live in Baldur's Gate all my life. Oh, I used to uh, walk the coast because there was a DLC called Swords of the Coast. Um, or Coast of the Swords. One of them. I'm too angry to even. But I'm just sad. I'm just really hurt. Like, you have to, when you're doing a sequel to a franchise as old as that, you have to keep some of the formula in. Modernization is great. It is 20 years later. Games have changed. But you cannot lean on that too hard and steer so far away from your original franchise it's just it doesn't feel like a Baldur's Gate game and you know what? I thought I was the only person who thought this and actually people on Reddit are completely in agreement and it feels like the people who are absolutely in love with it haven't played the originals maybe they have well, but there's your hot take for the week are... ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm so sad for you. I, I know how hyped you are. Yeah, thanks, dude. What did you say, Josh? It sounds like a sequel. Was that? Yeah, it's just like games change. I don't know. Yeah, games change, but it's not allowed to be. It has to be a. It has to still keep the formula. It's kind of like saying that you would start playing Horizon, like the third Horizon is about to come out. Oh, but you don't do it in third person anymore. It's top down. And you. um. It's now time-based combat, and it's everything has changed. It's not even like anything is similar. Every sequel I've ever had, you can tell that you're playing that that franchise. They've kept nothing the same. Inventory, there are, UI, there are interface. examples of kind of going. I mean, Final Fantasy. As long, I mean, they don't connect world and story-wise, but they they like to take pot shots on different systems, different styles of gameplay. Um. Yeah, there's like fifty of them though. I guess um, <laughs> this is the first. <laughs> I guess the other thing is you said about Horizon, uh, Cat, but it's like if Horizon would have had to have a twenty-year break there as well in order to have the same analogy. Oh, you would hate that. Yeah, it would, and I think that makes it even more important that you don't change something that extremely. There's a separate podcast for this. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm on behalf of the the developers. I guess I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> no, but, they're, um... they're not fucking sorry. They're lapping it up because obviously it's. And the thing is, as well, when I forget it's a Baldur's Gate game, I'm having fun. It is a good game. Mm. It's just not a Baldur's Gate game. Yeah, it reminds me of, um, like I said, yes, the Uncharted movie. It's <laughs> perfectly fine. It's entertaining. It ain't got nothing to do with Uncharted, but it's fine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> They've tried to like shove some shit in there to be like, yeah, we're definitely going to play that game. But, but that doesn't take away that it is a good game by itself. But they have lent into quote unquote modernization too far. That, that series was too old to do that much change to it. I see. Keep something the same. Yeah. Fucking hell. Even if it's a save system, even if it's how you sleep. Fuck. <laughs> Like, well, I am. I am. I'm looking forward to your piece on this because uh, I'm very excited. Thank you. I'm very, very excited to see what the internet makes of that. I'm not because I, I, I hate think... conflict. 
<laughs> I think it might be the lowest review on the internet for it at this stage. I'm not reviewing it. It's not going to be a review. It's going to be an op-ed. But just about sequels in general. But probably like more to Baldur's Gate. I'm just sad. I think it's more just like you look forward to something for so long that you think would never happen because it's a dead franchise. And then it comes out and you just don't remember. It's not even not remembering. It just isn't there. Like nothing is the same. I'm not asking so, for the game to be exactly the same. Like it's 20 years later, games change. But I, I want to be able to feel that I'm a part of the franchise. Sure. And it doesn't. It, it feels like a Divinity game. Sonic Frontiers vibes. It gives me the idea that, like, five in five years' time, they would change Sonic's hair red and just say it was canon. <laughs> or like, oh, yeah, it's red now. And you're going to view him in first person. Oh, God. And he has a gun. <laughs> oh, God, it's Shadow the Hedgehog. playing Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, my God. <laughs> no! <laughs> All right. Uh, Miles, what's your game of the week? Hello? Miles? Miles, you're talking, but like, I'm yeah. not on here, you're not. I've managed to fix it, sorry. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> I, wondered, I wondered what was going on. I did actually, while you were talking about uh, the Divinity thing and Josh said about sequels, I did say it sounds like the Callisto Protocol to Dead Space. <laughs> um, where it's trying to be the original. No, it, at least it slightly resembles it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, thankfully, my game of the week is a bit more of a good experience all round. <laughs> So thanks to Josh's uh, indie piece, um, I ended up playing Thronefall, um, which is a very small little game made by two people. Um, it's just released into early access on Steam. And it's kind of like if you remember when you were younger and you went on to like mini clip and you'd have like that kind of like clicker tower defense type game where you'd have to just like tap on everything till it died. And then you got like upgrades and whatever. Um, when, and I was, just... when you were younger and you went on to mini clip. Yeah. Mini clip was just when I was an adult. Okay. Wow. Just, just stop your nonsense. Wow. <laughs> um, and basically, it plays like one of those games, but a lot cooler. Um, so it's proper top down, and the idea is it's got this really kind of minimalist, kind of really cool art style. It's kind of cell shaded, but not quite. Um, and you ride around as you're like king of this nation, and on each level you have to like set up your base, and then you slowly kind of expand it. You get coins from defeating enemies and surviving waves um, of enemy forces, and then you can choose to either build kind of new defensive structures or kind of unit producing whatevers, um, or you can invest in currency earning. So there's like this constant balance of like I'm going to need money, a lot more money later down the line, but also I need enough defenses to get me through the wave. Um, it's got this really cool just kind of addictive quality to it like i got my ass handed to me like seven times on the final mission but i never really got angry at the game i just enjoyed playing it um and i'd straight away just reboot and go again to try a different strategy to see how it worked it's very easy to play you literally only have to have the hold the right trigger to sprint and then you hold i think it was the x button in order to basically gather your units to follow you um, and then everything else you just press A on. So it's three controls. It's really accessible. It's really easy to get into. Um, it took me about three hours to finish um, all four of the levels currently. But there's a bunch of replayability. You can add different modifiers um, and use different perks and all sorts of stuff. And it looks like there's a hell of a lot of content that's going to be added later down the line. And I genuinely think when this game is fully completed and it gets its full release, it's going to be quite the gem. And I think it's going to be really appreciated by a lot of people. Um, 
So I've had a wonderful time with it. And for once, it's just an unreserved recommendation. I don't really have a bad thing to say about it. I just had a really, really good time with it. And yeah, go play it. I think it's like six quid for three hours worth. So it's two hours, oh, two pounds an hour for a really good time. You're not going to get that kind of cost efficiency much where else. Amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a nerd game, though. So, Although it might be a nerd game that maybe you'd like. Well, um, I've been playing a slightly nerdy game this week. Go on. Um, I'll get into it in a minute. Oh, teasing uh, me. <laughs> um, there's, there's one in Code Tracker. Someone should take it. It's a proper nerdy game. Oh, yes. I do actually need to reply about that. Um, anyway. Josh, your game of the week, sir. Um... I don't have one as such any at the moment. Um, <laughs> there's two games that I've had uh, a bit of fun with in particular that uh, is still under wraps for now. Um, and VR Skater, which I have thankfully got to review, I've not touched yet because I've wanted to have a proper day of it or at least like a good chunk of time where I can kind of set myself up because, you know, moving the couch and making the space for the living room and then playing VR for a few hours. I, I want to be able to set some time aside and not play like 10 minutes before I have to go to work. Um, so that is going to be tomorrow's task is to play a lot of VR skater. Um, I did, however, want to <laughs> make mention of maybe some games that um, I have recently purchased in like maybe a month or so that I've not got around to either because I am doing other things Uh uh, they all have very cool individualistic art styles, um, some pixel art, some pencil art, some cell shaded. Um, basically, they're all very stylish. They're indie games. Um, some of them you might have heard of before. Um, some of them are critically acclaimed, but uh, they kind of all came out on deal recently. Um, so I just wanted to give a couple a shout out. Um, Mundawn by Hidden Fields. Uh, it's a horror FPS narrative adventure that's like completely pencil drawn. That recently came to PS5. Um, I got that on sale. Uh, Crawl by Powerhoof is a roguelike beat em up with like a really chunky pixel art style that looks really cool. Um, non Guns uh, by, oh God, I can't even read my own handwriting. I think it's called Digiriti. Um, Studio, Digerati, yeah. yeah, that's an action platformer. Slain Back from Hell by Wolfbrew Games is a metal Metroidvania type game. Uh, and Void Bastards by Blue Man Shoe is a sci fi FPS roguelite uh, that's got the cell shaded art style. Um, I've seen people compare it to Red Dwarf in some of its writing, kind of a reverent uh, British comedy. Um, so yeah, uh, I've played them but maybe you can play them and tell me how you think about them because i'm sure i'll get to them eventually when i'm not um getting married or doing review games this month i reviewed non-guns years ago oh yes and uh, yeah i had a great time with it, it yeah it's pretty cool it was really cheap nails. um yes it is tough as fuck but um when it clicks it's very it's very satisfying so yeah, well, we're checking out non guns. I've not played anything else. There you go. That's the second recommendation for at least one of them. Non guns rules. Um, all right, nice one. And finally, your dog, your game of the week. 
Uh, my game of the week is... Oh, no, what am I going to choose for this week? I guess it's going to have to be Dad Boy 4. I've been playing the new season. I've only put a few hours into it, but um, like the other games I've already used in previous weeks. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing a little bit of Dad Boy 4. I think I'm up to level 26 at the moment. Uh, I've been going through some dungeons and stuff with my best mate. So um, it, it's still fun. I don't know what problems people have with the season because I know there's been a lot of, oh, that boy shit now compared to when it launched. I haven't run into anything. I've not seen particularly like many big problems. So like I'm really unsure what people don't like about it. Um, but yeah, I, I've really enjoyed it. It's been good getting back into it. Oh, yeah, I've heard mixings. I've got a uh, work friend of mine who uh, is deep in Diablo 4, and he's been complaining about the new updates and things, um, and Blizzard's kind of lack of interest in the fan requests. Um, he's been a little bit annoyed that the, um, the, the, the teleportation is now taking longer than it used to or something. Um, it now takes like an extra two seconds or something. And people are pissed. I uh, because... can't really feel it. It does. Uh, no, it's like... something that only you know. Only the, I, I assume the hardcore would recognize. But it's uh, yeah. He's he's not happy, <laughs> which makes me laugh. To be honest. <laughs> what, what's your game, Ross? My game. Thanks so much for asking. Um, my game is uh, Sea of Stars. Um, I've been playing the demo. And this is a game that at the end of the month is coming straight to PS Plus and Xbox Game Pass, I believe. And it's a top-down RPG with a beautiful pixel art style. And I had an absolute blast with it. It's, um, you know, combat is turn-based and it's like, yeah, I don't like turn-based combat. But I got I got used to it. Once I learned all the extra powers, the additional skills that you can take with, um, with your characters, um, it's it's a really unique take on turn-based combat, and I'm I'm really really enjoying it. And it's just the world is beautiful. The um the, the story so far, um, I only got to play the demo, so I haven't got that deep into any of it. But um, I got quite hooked into it. Um, I loved exploring the area that we did get to play. Um, the characters seem fun. The writing seems quite uh quite modern, quite humorous. Um, there's a nice kind of lightness to it. And I think it's going to be a game that I'm going to really enjoy when it comes out um, in full. I don't believe your progress carries over, which is fine. I'm quite happy to play that section again. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm not one for top-down turn-based RPGs, but Sea of Stars, I think it's visual style grabbed me first because um, it's just stunning to look at. And then, um, yeah, and then the rest just uh, kind of pulled me in and... I'm excited to play it. I don't know how much I'm going to play it when it comes out because Starfield is only going to be five days away after that. But um, if I can get Sea of Stars done in that time, which I probably won't, but I'm going to give it a go, um, then it's going to be definitely one to play up until the gaming season kind of truly begins in September. So yeah, um, I would highly recommend the demo for Sea of Stars. It's on PS5 right now and it's well worth a look. So if you've got nothing else to do, nothing else to play, even if you have, check it out. It's only... I'd say the demo is about an hour long, and uh, it really gives you a nice look into the game. And I think it's a favorite here at uh, Finger Guns. We're all kind of looking forward to it. So uh, yeah, bring it on. See if Starters is, is has the potential to be a uh, 
a possible game of the year. Maybe. We'll see. Um, you yeah. nerd. I know, right? Check me you're out. Jo- you're joining the nerd. I know. I thought this time this year, I thought this time last year, I thought I'd be playing Rebirth at this point. You know what I mean? I thought I'd be in deep back into my Final Fantasy VII exploration. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. Uh, so maybe I'm looking for that. Um, maybe I'm looking for that RPG to kind of fill that little void. Maybe I don't know. I'm also playing a lot of um, Redacted, uh, Redacted, Redacted. Um, so yeah, plenty to enjoy in Redacted. Um, can't say any more than that. But the review is out this week for that one. So next week I'll be able to talk all about it. But right now I can't say anything. Um, but I will say um, I'm enjoying it more than I was before. So it's going to get a better score than it did this time last week. Um, you you should know what I'm talking about, hopefully, guys. Um, fingers crossed, anyway. Right then, it's quiz time with Mr. Miles Thompson. Oh, boy. It's another quiz. How are we yeah, feeling? Yeah, we bloody go again. Yeah, here we are again. I'm just going to skip straight into it. We all know the rules now. We've been doing this long enough, haven't we? Yeah, winning. Always. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> I think there's going to be a couple of controversial ones in here, but we're going to do it anyway, because that's how we roll. Are we which ready? the best Linkin Park album? Uh, that's easy. <laughs> Come on, Josh. What, what's the answer? Which one is definitively the best Linkin Park album? I'll leave it to the podcast to decide. <laughs> is... I don't think Josh's answer would have coincided with our one, Roscoe. Um... I'm saying nothing. Just listen to the podcast available now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's four hours of pain and agony and beauty and awesomeness. It's excellent. <laughs> okay, question number one. Which political RPG game can you ha- can have you die immediately from a heart attack at the very start of the game? Oh, Josh, you were just ah! ahead. Disco Elysium. It is indeed Disco Elysium. Well done, Kai. You are almost, you are a millisecond away. Uh, question number two. The Combine are the antagonists from which Valve created series? Jesus. Yog Dog. Half Life. Yes, indeed. Uh, question number three. In Bioshocks 1 and 2, what are the hulking creatures called that protect the little sisters? Josh. Big Daddies. Big Daddies, indeed. Ah. We're flying through here. Uh, question number four. This one's harsh. I think I was a bit mean with this one, but we're doing it. Uh, there are no Easter eggs here. Go away is a famous line from GTA San Andreas, oh. but where can you find the Easter egg? Oh, motherfucker. Josh. It's oh, on of, It's on top of a hill somewhere where you can jet back to only, but where specifically? I don't fucking know. I'm afraid that is not the correct answer. Go on, Roscoe. Is it the bottom of the ocean? No, it's not, I'm afraid. Uh... Uh, Kat, Yog, would you like to have a guess? Is it in a car garage? I was going to name the top of the cliff like Josh, but I'm going to say it's in a like a like a car thingy. Good effort, but no, it is not in a garage. Of course it is. Yeah. Googled it now. <laughs> Yog? The depths of Officer Tenpenny's arsehole, maybe? <laughs> I think I actually just really enjoy your answers to questions you don't know. <laughs> uh, no, it is not, I'm afraid. Um, it is on the bridge, which connects San Fierro to Las Venturas, but I would have just accepted the top of the bridge. Arg. 
So the top of the cliff wasn't far away, which, you know, I felt for you there because it was mm. a close one. Um, question number five. Hazelwood Studios, creators of the 2021 Game of the Year It Takes Two, made which game prior to that one? Josh. Ah! Two brothers. Oh. I, I, I'm I, going to check this, but I don't think that is correct. There was one in between. There was. Oh, there was. was. Yep. <laughs> uh, Roscoe, oh. you're next, I believe. A way out. It was indeed a way out. Oh, and the game's called Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. Yeah, so come yeah, on. yeah. Come <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would not have if if that was the right answer. I would not have accepted that as an answer. <laughs> uh, Roscoe would have been fuming. Um, question number six: Burnout Paradise's city was inspired by which real life city? Yog Dog. Miami? No, good guess though. Uh Cat. I'm just gonna say Los Angeles. It is not Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm, maybe. Okay, Josh. San Francisco. <laughs> I actually need to fact check this. I think I might have worded this wrong. Oh my yeah, god. You, you might have done. Do you mean yeah. the state? Yes, I do. In which case. <laughs> In which case, uh, technically, I'm actually going to give it to Cat on the basis of her answer is technically right because it was what I was actually going for. Um, so yeah, that was my bad. So San Fran, the yeah, they're, they're, they're both California. Yeah, yeah but San but Fran's Cat... got a very distinct look, and it's not paradise. Yeah, yes. Cat got it first as well. So, what dogs do? There's no more paradise <laughs> about America. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, wow, flames! Well, are we going to have to do a podcast ranking all of the American cities <laughs> or, or uh, states we've never been to? <laughs> yeah. Apologies to all of our but American if... listeners. There, didn't expect that from, uh, from Josh. But... <laughs> yeah. He will be uh, reprimanded and uh, talked into a HR meeting tomorrow morning. Thank you very much. If, if it makes North people Carolina feel better, is number one. <laughs> if it makes people feel better, I've been to America a few times. I've enjoyed every time I've been. To be fair, me too. I yeah. like America. Yeah. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's very America. <laughs> it's the only way you can describe America. Mm-hmm. Oh, and what I said was bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, question number seven. How many playable factions are there in Company of Heroes 1? Go on. Oh, my God. Roscoe, you were first, so you get to go first. Well, well thanks, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> that's how things work. <laughs> Pretty sure that's how it goes. I'm just surprised um, that your hand is up for this question. Seven hundred and six. There, there is not seven hundred and six functions. I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, I like the endeavor though. Uh, Yog dog. Uh, so to clarify, is this base game Liar. only, or is this including DLC? Base game only. Two. Yes, correct. Hey man, I was close. <laughs> yeah, you're only seven hundred and forty-two away, or four away. Um, forty-two. What kind of mathematics is that? I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not paying. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> listen, I think right? Someone needs to go you, listen to the hunting party. Yeah, listen. You heard some of my takes on Lincoln Park. Are you really asking me these questions? Like yeah, I'm a verifiable it's, source of information. It's crazy. It's amazing. Thing. I'm still quizmaster after all this time. Um. Uh, question number eight. In Baldur's Gate, what is the name of the god who fathered your character? Cat. Oh wait. Hold. Oh, in which Baldur's Gate? 
what is the name of the god? Is it Baal? Yes, it is Baal. Oh, okay. Okay, fine. Oh, okay, God, fine. Demon. That's like a... Right, okay, cool. Yeah. That's a confusing question, you know, because <laughs> at the beginning of the one, you actually do meet, a, like, uh, it's kind of a spoiler. T- it doesn't matter. Anyway. Who's a nerd uh, now? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Either way, yes, Baal was the answer I was looking for, so well done. Uh, question number nine. <laughs> Following on the same theme, Baldur's Gate 3 has gone viral recently for an interaction where your character can brutally murder kick what, what kind of creature? Oh, oh Kat, shit. Do you have your hand That's up? Not... You have to answer now. <laughs> That's not the question I thought you were going to ask. No, it is not. It's gone viral recently to brutally kick a what? Wait, say the question again. Baldur's Gate 3 has gone viral recently for an interaction where your character can brutally murder kick what kind of creature or animal? A, a, a bear. It is not a bear, I'm afraid. Uh, Yog Dog, you are next. Officer Tenpenny. <laughs> also, not the answer again. <laughs> uh, Roscoe. Damn it, I really thought I had it that time. Yeah, you, you were close. You're close. Uh, Roscoe? Oh, he's just staying muted. Is that a keyboard I can hear in the background? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I thought I was unmuted. Shut up, young. I'm actually no, googling I'm the answer because I don't even know. Oh, uh, a pelican. Uh, it's not a pelican, although I do like the answer. You might want a spiritual point for that. Okay. Uh, Josh, you can have a guess if you would like. Dog. I don't know. It's not a dog. Cat, you have your hand up again. Can I have a can I have a spiritual guess? You can have a spiritual guess. Is it a dragon? It is not a dragon. Oh, no, I'm fine. Would we like to know the answer? Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Oh, Yog's got his hand up again. Would it be any chance be Officer Tenpenny? <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> uh, no, it is not Officer Tenpenny. Uh, times two. Uh, it is a oh, for fuck Roscoe. Is it uh, uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer? Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm afraid it's not. Oh. I'm, I'm, afra- I'm afraid it's not. However, go on. Um, all right, Yog, you're next. Go on. Uh, well, Oppenheimer's here, so what about Barbie? Uh, no, it is not a Barbie. I can confirm. Not a Barbie. Uh, Josh? Is it Mike Shinoda? Uh, no, it is not Mike Shinoda. Um it'll- Happening anymore, Roscoe? <laughs> is it? Um, is it Mr. Hahn? Uh, it's also not Mr. <laughs> oh, damn! I thought I thought I had it. It's probably just the Meteora album, to be honest. Um, Yog Dog. Would it be Pitbull by any chance? Uh, it's not Pitbull. Mr. Mr. Worldwide, Worldwide does not feature, unfortunately, in Baldur's Gate Three. That is a missed opportunity. Uh, are we? Is it? Is it over? Yeah, I think I'm out of fucking. Yeah, it's over. One, so. Okay. Oh, for fuck, Roscoe. <laughs> is it Fred Durst? Uh... <laughs> if only we could fly. Uh, oh, Yogs, Yogs, back in again. <laughs> Don't say Officer Tenpenny. I swear to God. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it, man. Listen, you want your strategy <laughs> game quiz? I'm making it. I will delete it. Is it a tangerine? Uh. I don't know in what universe a tangerine <laughs> is a creature, but no. <laughs> oh, the annoying orange. Easy. Uh, yeah, Josh's got it. That's actually the answer. Um, <laughs> I was going to give a spiritual point for this, but after that torture, I don't think I can. 
Um, your dog, your okay, his, his hand's gone down. Yeah, sorry, I was laughing too much. Oh, I, I thought you had another <laughs> answer to give, and I was I was going to cry a bit internally. Actually, I do have an answer. Come on, then, come on, Officer Tim. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this anymore. I'm done. <laughs> I think I broke my arms. This quiz shit, I, I, I'm over it. <laughs> um, oh, do no. do we actually want... No? Okay, Roscoe, come on. No, go on. Don't, go on. Don't, don't, I thought you were going to say it, Officer Dumpen. I was just going to quit, to be honest. Um, <laughs> the answer before any of you stick your hand up again is a squirrel. It's, okay. it's, it's a oh. fucking squirrel, okay? Oh, no. you can you can murder a squirrel. Yeah, it comes up to you, and the narrator tells you that it's starting a fight with you, and uh, you can roll. I can't remember what it is that you have to roll. Something like intelligence, which is ironic. And uh, if you successfully succeed, this successfully succeed um, the skill check, then you will just boot it into a tree. Ah, successfully yeah. succeeding. Yeah, successfully awful. succeeding. Four I know, right? Ten. Yeah, That's I think. A bit harsh. You know what? That wouldn't happen in the originals. <laughs> no, damn right, it wouldn't. <laughs> Not my uh, squirrel. Hashtag. Not my Baldur's Oh God. Um, I might just refrain from ever doing a quiz again. Uh, we still have one question to go. Um. Oh shit. Okay, we're still going. Okay. Yeah, we've got one left. I know that was um it's quite we'll the experience. We'll so did I get? Did I get the spiritual point for that? Um, I don't think anyone gets a spiritual point for that one. Um, Damn it! After, after breaking my spirit, you've taken all of my spiritual points between you. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I think I lose a point for giving some. Yeah, points. I'm very tempted. If it comes down to a tiebreaker and Yog Dog's involved, I'm going to dock him all his points. Fair. Um, I, I completely <laughs> agree to this. I, I will dock you a point for every officer ten penny answer I received. Um, okay. Question number ten. In the indie game Undertale, what is the name of the jacket-wearing skeleton? Oh my god, your dog. Officer Tony. <laughs> I swear to fucking god. I swear to fucking god, man. I, why are you doing this to me? I gave you a strategy game question in this quiz. You did, but you owed me for all the Mario shit the last few weeks. God damn it. So this is me getting slightly back. Fair enough. I can't. I can't even begrudge you that. To be fair, uh, Josh, you're next. It's Sans. It is Sans. Thank you, Josh. Yay! And also, triply thank you because you saved us from a three-way tiebreaker involving Yog Dog, where I was going to have to dock in points. Um, Josh, you have clinched the win with three points, thanks to Sans. Uh, Cat and Yog, Yog, you both finished on two, and Roscoe, you had one, and potentially a spiritual point that got removed after I uh, was unhappy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a weak showing on my part. But that's uh, there we are. I think to be fair, the questions weren't very geared in your direction. In fairness, um, it wasn't a Ross quiz this week. It wasn't a Ross it, quiz. It wasn't quite a Roscoe quiz, and you were close to a couple of them. Uh, you were beaten on the buzzer a couple of times, so I think yeah. you did you did all right, all things considered. If only we could fly. The biscuit style. I yeah. But my I, friends actually get to the Matthews Bridge. He's actually <laughs> going to watch White Biscuit in Sunday. My friends actually friends with Brent Durst. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually best buds. I'm also this going is to like, Biscuit. I 
put um the last I went to see Limbus getting corn about four years ago and I put it down to the start of my back issues from that gig. I'm pretty sure that's where oh. I, I fucked my back up, jumping up and down was to the, what, rolling. Oh. I was gonna say, was the singing that bad or fucking <laughs> no. would, would, would stop ninety nine and now fucking Ross is back. When will they stop? <laughs> <laughs> stop the carnage. What was funny is that they only played stuff from up to Chocolate Starfish. They played nothing after Chocolate Starfish. It was all the first three albums and nothing else. Damn. Uh, I mean, no. So if you got any, probably uh, for the best. <laughs> they've got any favorite songs on results may vary. Uh, it, sorry, you're out of luck. Make it happen. They are surprisingly good live, though. Yeah, I just don't have any favorite songs, and then you can just uh, take what you get. <laughs> Yeah, they are a great live band, but uh, yeah, I've I've done it, and I have no uh, I have no intention of ever doing it again. But I have a great time, Miles. I'm sure you're gonna love it. Thank you, mate. Thank you. I will uh, <laughs> be wary of my back. Thanks to your warning, I will be careful. Who's, um, <laughs> who's uh, supporting them? Uh, I actually don't even know. Um, it was just gonna go see them, and I was like, I guess, and here I am. Okay, is it in is it in London? You go and see them. Yeah, it is. Yeah, my mate will be at the same concert. Ah, maybe I'll spot him in the crowd. Possibly. Or on stage, because he knows Fred Durst. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. He'll be up front and centre. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Mars. Thank you. Well done, Josh, again. This is this is not good. I need to start gearing this towards everyone else. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right then, let's get into the news. And let's start with Square Enix, shall we? Because they've had a bit of a week. Square Enix have backtracked on the Final Fantasy 16 sales, blaming slow PS5 adoption. Um, the Japanese company have issued a statement saying that it considers sales of Final Fantasy 16 extremely strong after the PS5 exclusive surpassed 3 million copies in under a week following this launch. Now, however, Square Enix boss Takashi Kiryu has said that the action RPG has not met the publisher's higher end expectations. The backtrack comes courtesy of the company's latest earnings report, as covered by Bloomberg. It was apparently a rough one, but Square Enix pointing out the 79% drop in profit. The part's bound to raise eyebrows, though. Kiru highlighted the PS5's slow adoption as a cause of the Final Fantasy XVI struggles. This is despite Sony's current-gen console recently breaking sales records. Now, of course, this is not the first time that Square Enix have whined about disappointing sales, because they seem to do it every single time a game comes out. They've got a long history of stating that the sales expectations haven't been met. Although, as mentioned, it has previously looked Final Fantasy 16 had a very strong start and seemed to tail off just as quickly. Um, so here we are again. Miles, having fun? Square oh, Enix, back on their bullshit. God's sake, it's exhausting. Can they, like, whoever's coming out with this press release line, can they just be sacked, please? Like, it's just boring. Yeah, are we are we surprised? I feel like were any of us surprised by this? Um, no. I mean, I was surprised that the numbers went down so quickly. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a strange one, and like it's weird that they're even quote unquote disappointed when they acknowledge themselves that the PS5's hardware sales haven't been up to scratch, and they released Final Fantasy fifteen on like every console at the time. So if they were expecting the same numbers, even though they're really releasing it exclusively for one platform, and that platform, as they've acknowledged, 
hasn't been able to sell as well as it probably should have from its launch. What what are they disappointed about? I don't I don't understand what their message is here. Like I don't get it. So but also we just don't really understand Square anymore. It's like unless something sells like 50 million copies, it's almost like it's always a disappointment. And it's either a question of maybe your expectations are a little bit, you know, unfathomable. Maybe you should just drop them a little bit and maybe realize that not every game is going to be Fortnite and that's okay. Um like 16 was obviously very well critically received, but I think since it's come out, like there's been a change in how well it's been perceived. I know from my perspective and Josh's perspective in particular, you know, the more we've played the game, the more we've had kind of reservations about it, but we still both bought it on day one. So I think its sales have done perfectly fine for where it's at in the market. And I think it's sold exactly the same as Final Fantasy VII Remake did at this stage. So again, of the two, you probably would have expected Seven Remake to sell more, but that one wasn't disappointing, but somehow this one is. And I don't know, like with Square, it just feels like they've gotten rid of every IP to the Embracer group who, again, quote unquote, sold below expectations. But I, the problem is their expectations, as we've said, like we can't keep reiterating enough that if every game that you put out isn't selling like you want it to, maybe you're making the wrong type of games or your expectations for how well they should be doing is far too high. There is a lot of competition in the market. It came out around the same time as Diablo 4. We've got a host of games coming out in the winter. And this was hyped. People bought it. People wanted mm. to play this and it's, you know, reviewed well. Why can't you just be satisfied with that? Like, I don't know. It, it frustrates me seeing this because it is a good game. And while I think it did a bit more positively than I think maybe it should have done on a personal level. I think it's a perfectly good game and it's sold exactly probably where it should do. And I think that's Square's problem is that they want every game to be Fortnite for them and they don't make Fortnite. So I don't know how they expect that. Yeah, this is interesting because we, I think us as a, as a podcast, before the game came out, we expected 10 to cross the board for this, didn't we? We expected mm. it to be game of the year material and the reviews didn't represent that really so much um people yeah. enjoyed it um but it wasn't you know we all came off the demo like holy fucking shit this is it you know this is going to be absolutely epic and you know when the when the full reviews came out then perhaps it wasn't going to be the case and so is it just the case that the game actually wasn't as good as they maybe thought it was and people have latched onto that Potentially, but I mean, it's still, what was it, 88 on Metacritic, which is still pretty damn high, mm. you know, for a Final Fantasy game. I think it was fifth or sixth on the list of like all time Final Fantasies, which is nothing to be scoffed at. And like 15 also didn't review especially well, but it actually sold a hell of a lot. And I think the issue is more the fact that 16 is only out on PS5. Um and it's the the reason that sometimes exclusivity isn't always the right way to go down because actually you are limiting your potential sales base. And in a console generation where for a year to two years, people couldn't even buy the consoles, that is a problem. And like people are still catching up even now. But I think there is an element of maybe the uptick of sales of people who are waiting and seeing have maybe been put off a little bit until the price drops and then we'll pick it up. So there might be like a wave of, sales made kind of later down the line when it gets its first proper sale um but i i 
I didn't really get that vibe, even when it came out. I remember seeing some of the reviews and being like, damn, this game's like sick. Um, and there were a couple of like sevens and a couple of sixes and whatever, but the majority were like eights, nines, a couple of tens. Um, so I don't think it was a necessarily an issue with its critical reception, but I think maybe because games are more expensive now, people are more willing to hold out on the triple A's, especially in a year where we've already had, you know, Dead Space, Resident Evil and all the rest. Like we've had a lot of triple A's that had already come out before it. And so I think people may be waiting and seeing, and maybe as you mentioned, people heard some of the the reservations people like myself and Josh had after hitting like the halfway point and have decided to hold off. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's sold okay. And maybe it's not done as, you know, as well as we all predicted it would after the demo. Um, but also that demo, you don't know how many people that demo actually reached and how many enjoyed it to the level that we did. So yeah, it's a tough one really, but yeah, I can't, I just can't help but go back to Square Enix and just, I just want to shake them and be like, not every game's going to sell hundreds of millions of copies. Give it a rest. Yeah. <laughs> like not, not everything's Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Josh, do you think it came out at the right time? Do you think a summer drop was the right thing for a Final Fantasy game? Um, yeah, I think it when when it released, I think it was the quietest part of the year that I think we've we've had. Um, earlier in the year, it was massive. I felt like the end of this year is going to be even bigger, and it's going to have even it would have had even more competition between you know Spider Man, Alan Wake Two. Um, Assassin's Creed, Mirage, like there's there's just loads that are in that triple A sphere that more people that people will bound to go to first because they either have a better track record, uh, they're more interesting for the player base to, to be able to pick up. Um, I think f- for the longest time, and I think Square all have already addressed that. Final Fantasy feels like a hard sell to new people um, to the point where they've even discussed kind of dropping the whole number because uh, people see 16 in the title and think, no, no way. Why would I go to a game that's got 16 in the franchise right now? Um, so there's, I think there are things going against it that um, perhaps maybe is a reason for these predicted, these sales not doing it. To their expectations but at the same, same time it is what miles said as well expectations for square have always been ridiculously high i even joked you know when we were talking about the demo so glowingly that imagine if this still isn't good enough for square that we had new stories that uh consoles were being sold because of this game um that the demo was a brilliant showcase of what it could be for ps5 games um reviews generally are very, very high on it. Um, I think I counted like 25 hundreds, like 10 out of 10s. Um, they've got like 130 odd positive, which is 75 and above. Um, so, you know, there's nothing critically or how the game actually functions on a level that is disappointing for someone to release a game. Like any other developer, they'd be happy with the score they'd be happy with the state of their game and they'd be happy that they've kind of done it in a year where there are so many other titles that could have taken the spot for them um but it's just realistic expectations um i think it's just a lot of pressure maybe on 
um, their internal teams to be like, look, we're this isn't good enough, work harder. It might even be um, a sort of tactic to kind of push away from the exclusivity stuff that they've got. Um, I think Seven Remake is uh, still only PlayStation exclusive uh, with 16 being the second. Um, and maybe so Square want to kind of branch out a little bit, get their get their games on other ecosystems so they can perhaps do what they want and sell more. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's the wishy-washiness that has bothered me the most. Um, pre-launch, we were seeing headlines of kind of how happy they are that the sales are going what the sales are going to be, and now they're disappointed again. Um, it just, just doesn't make sense how kind of oxymoronic they've been with uh, with the treatment of their games. Yeah. Um, there's Somebody's got to give at some point of a name. Square have really got to backtrack their expectations and there's got, there's got to be a point where they can say, right, um, if we're releasing this exclusively on a system that for, let's say, you know, 18 months was very difficult to find and very mm-hmm. difficult to pick up, you know, there is going to be a slight undercut in sales and, you know, they seem to be powering through kind of regardless um cat was it did exclusivity on the ps5 player part here do you think do you think um i don't know if it's a dumb question but if it was xbox and pc alongside it i think square enix would have been a little bit more satisfied with a bigger base to actually sell the game on maybe but i think that they've been used to this for a really long time like these this is the 16th fucking game they've released of this so like it's true. I don't know. It's one of those things of like, actually, yeah, I guess, you know, statistically and sales wise, commercially, of course, those games are, you know, going to have a higher sale if it's open to other consoles. But Square Enix have been around the block. They're not a new developer. They're not a new developer. They're not a new publisher. Um, they've been around for a really long time and and they should be basing and i'm sure that we had the same podcast about the other final fantasy game they were saying the same things um i can't remember what it's about now actually it was might not have been another final fantasy game but we've had this exact conversation before because they've released this uh, quote-unquote news um where they're like almost apologizing uh, but, but like to like their naughty kind of self and their like big old parent billets Mummy and Daddy, I didn't sell enough lemonade. Oh, I'm gonna have to owe you later. Like, oh, shut up! Like, like you've been around the block enough to know how your game sells, what the projections are. So either your projections and your analysts are all off, or your expectations are just too high. Um, and that's, so, in answer to your question, uh, yes and no. <laughs> yeah, it is a. I think it's a difficult one because I think that. I think that, you know, a 16 wasn't the 100% Metacritic game people thought it was going to be. Um, no. I think that plays in that plays into a part as well. Um, but because... also, I think as well, like, you don't know that until you play it. And actually, like, no. critically, and also as the run-up to the trailer was happening and we had the showcase, we had, like, a whole spotlight showcase for PlayStation on Final Fantasy, which did very, very well. It was received very, very well. You don't know a bad game's a bad game until you played it. And so they can't blame that on the sales. And they say, oh, it's slow PlayStation sales. Like, uh, well, what? Uh, is it just maybe your fucking game? Is it just maybe that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think the demo did a lot of heavy lifting. Um, I 
Like I said yeah, before, I had more than... I had no interest in the game at all until I played that demo. No. And it mm. blew me away. And Absolutely. I can't have been the only one. And so I think that was um it went from like nah, I'm not interested to fucking day one. And you know, I haven't played it. I've not played it for a while. Um probably because Mars put me off telling me it was rubbish after the halfway point. I'm like, <laughs> well, why would I bother then? What's the point? Um, but yeah, I am I'm I'm tempted to go back because I think there is an interesting story there. But um yeah. We shall see. Get on Square Enix. Uh, Yo, dog, would you like to finish this off? How do you feel about Square Enix? Lofty expectations. I feel that um, I gave 16 to be its Metacritic score, and I feel vindicated. I'm joking. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well done. You saw this coming a mile away. (laughs) Yes, I totally didn't put it as a meme answer. Uh, Let's see. I think everyone's pretty much covered it here. It just seems like unrealistic expectations. Yeah, I mean, do you think that there might be a selling coming? Is Square looking for a new buyer, or do you think that's... No, they never will. Um, no. I think a lot of Japanese companies, they really tend to like keep it close to their chest, lip, like do or die for the two. Um, I think Sony are very similar in that sense where... Yes, of course, Microsoft. I mean, we, this is a bit of a bit of a diversion, but like Microsoft saying, yeah, we could have bought out Sony, and Sony would could be offered all the money in the world. They still say no because it's their value to kind of keep it keep it into themselves and keep the the business a, a Japanese run business. Um, so similarly to like Square, I think they've got that sort of sort of like value to their company that they'd never do it no matter if they just lost money tomorrow, like all of it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just one of those. I think Toby mentioned in the Slack earlier that they want to um, divert their sort of um, development power outside of these kind of mid-tier games that they're releasing, you know, like the double A sort of um, like various day life and stuff like that, that kind of are the stop gap in between the bigger titles that they release and kind of just go for the, go for the big games. Um, whether or not that kind of will uh, kind of speak to the quality outwards then, you know, putting all their eggs into one basket as opposed to kind of spreading them out to see what they can catch. Um, I don't know if it would mean a, a better sales game. Uh, I think maybe the next thing is, I mean, we, you know, They've got, they've got Rebirth coming out very early next year. Um, and I have no doubt in my mind at all that the... Do you know what? It won't sell as well because they're going to want it to sell more than Remake. And I think there will be people... I think we've got friends, Miles and Kat. We, we've got a friend in particular that's a massive Seven fan, Alan. Um, and he doesn't really like Remake. Um, and that's understandable because it is different. Um, so maybe Rebirth for a lot of people that kind of wanted to just go back into a, the same world with uh, better graphics, they'll be disappointed. Uh, so, you know, Rebirth can be a, a hit, but there's definitely a chance for it not to be. Um, I mean, I'm going to get it for sure. And I think all of us here are going to enjoy it. Uh, oh, yeah. But, but um, yeah, it's hard to say where they're going to, with with what they've kind of talked about publicly, it's hard to see the direction going forwards after 
rebirth. Um, I know there it's potentially going to be a uh, a trilogy, um, but after that, plans for another Final Fantasy or plans for kind of the other things that they've been developing that are, aren't as big games. Um, yeah, but maybe it's back to the drawing board for them altogether. Yeah, we'll see what happens when Rebirth comes around. But um, yeah. Oh well, Final Fantasy 16. If you have a copy of Final Fantasy 16, you just know apparently according to Square Enix, you're one of the few people that have. So congratulations to you. And uh well done <laughs> for picking Final, Final Fantasy 16 fans are apparently endangered. Exactly, exactly. We're all stuck here with our copies doing nothing else but playing Final Fantasy 16. Oh dear. Right then, let's go to uh TC Games who have been very quiet for a while um, since the release of Lego Star Wars, a Skywalker saga, um, of which, if you've ever seen, if you follow us on Twitter and you've seen the gif of Miles dancing, um, it's all about Lego Star Wars. It's a very funny gif. Um, so, Thank you for bringing that up again. <laughs> no, you're very welcome. I love, I love to bring it up when I can. Um, and it looks like the next step they're taking is all the way back to Hogwarts with a Harry Potter... Lego game based in the same similar vein as the Skywalker saga. Um, this is discussed because an image was posted to Warner Brothers South Africa's Instagram feed with a picture of the Lego minifigure of Harry Potter saying 82523, which would correlate to the 25th of August. And also the logo of TT Games was on that image also. So it looks like we are going back to Hogwarts with Lego Harry Potter. Um Cats after Hogwarts Legacy, have you had your fill? Are you like are you excited to go back via the form of Lego? I, I would love to go back in the form of Lego. I actually absolutely adore the Lego Harry Potter games. I think they were done really, really well. They were so much fun. I'm not sure I love the formula of the new like way that they do it. Like when I was watching Miles play Skywalker um saga i was just a bit like oh, fucking hell this seems like really convoluted for no reason and i think i liked the fact that the each like each game each film was really drawn out to be its own film almost like its own game alone whereas it felt like they really compressed the star wars episodes in in the big one i mean i might be wrong i didn't play all of it i just watched a couple of hours but i'd be interested to see if my opinion changes having a franchise that i'm really interested in or just you know i'm a big fan of but yeah, I'd um, I'd absolutely go into that. I'd love to, and I think that'd be a lot of fun to play with somebody um, or on your own. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for this. Um, I I kind of dug the way that they did the skull because I could like like you said, each film was a a level or a level or two, and um, mm. it just it just kind of uh, yeah, it worked for me. Um, I enjoyed the new. Was that enough though? Was it enough? Did it feel like it did it justice? I. Because like, finish in it. the older ones, you got like a real solid, like you knew exactly what scene you were on, you know exactly which bit of the film you were on. Mm. It did. I did finish it quicker than I thought I was going to. They did mm. rush the levels somewhat. Um, I think that sure. was one of my main criticisms of Skywalker. But um, it's still, I mean, you can still go back into every level and doubt every collectible for the rest of time. Mm. You, know, it's, um, you know, getting the plat on that game was was no was no easy feat. As it normally right. is with Lego games, um, so you know, I think with with Potter, there's what seven or eight films, I guess seven films um, in one. So um, you know, there's still there's still plenty uh, 
plenty to enjoy there. Plenty, <laughs> plenty to enjoy. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm psyched. This might be a day one if it comes out for me. Ooh, <laughs> all right then. All right then. Someone snapped the code early. Jesus Christ, the games haven't been announced yet. You believe this? I, I never said code, but I'll take the code if the code's in. <laughs> I'll be a resident Hogwarts representative. Warner Brothers. Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. <laughs> Uh, Josh, you're off mute. How do you feel about a new Lego Harry Potter? Uh, I mean, it will be very similar in the vein of what they did with uh, Skywalker, right? I think. Um, they did they reuse levels from the sort of uh separate games that they did? They did kind of like uh, the prequel series and the sequel series, mm, the... yeah. So, it, all nine films were represented, um, yes, and they were they were rebuilt as 3D levels. So the camera was over right. Yes, yeah, than, yeah. Um, so it was kind of a whole new way to play Lego games. Skywalker. Yeah. So I imagine um, it's going to be very similar. So Harry Potter, they've already done the games. They can just rebuild them in that sort of similar third person over the shoulder. Um, yeah. I mean, good for the people that in, in enjoy the Harry Potter games. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of uh, room for different Lego branded themes and, and franchises that I'd love to be able to get into as a game, movies, TVs, or whatever have you. I mean, even some of the sort of smaller uh, Lego-owned titles that, that, that have come out recently, like A Brick's Tale and stuff like that, have been really, really satisfying, sort of the actual building of Legos without um, having all the parts and stuff like that in, on your floor that you'll undoubtedly step on. Um yeah. But yeah, yeah, I I'd love that. I'd love franchises that to branch out. If this does well, maybe that is the case, um, and something will take more of my fancy that I'll enjoy. But what I can tell from things I've heard, um, it would seem that Lego Star Wars was the final non Warner Brothers game that TT are going to make. Okay. So moving forward, I don't know if this has been confirmed. Um, moving forward, I think they have now struck a deal with Warner Brothers that they're going to make Warner Brothers licenses games. Mm. Um, so that would like Harry Potter, um, DC, you know, mm. that kind Lord of, of the Rings. Era. yeah, yeah. So it looks like that could be the way they're moving forward, but again, I don't know for sure. But, um, that's an interesting one because that cuts out all of Disney, uh, which again cuts yeah. out Marvel, Star Wars, Disney as a whole. You know, so it's um it's gonna be interesting moving forward. I was I was surprised when I saw Potter, to be honest. I thought, well, they've kind of done that, haven't they? But then, you know, they've done Star a Wars bit. a ton of times and Skywalker came out, so I don't know. It's interesting. Um, Miles, are you a fan of Lego games in general or was it just Skywalker that got you excited? Would a Harry Potter one get you just as uh, just as hyped? Um it's a bit of a difficult one. So like obviously the Star Wars is what has always brought me to the Lego games. Uh I played the originals on the PS2 and then obviously Skywalker Saga um was pretty unreal. We had a great time. I very much enjoyed doing the podcast about it as well. Um and we could kind of see the template of what they were doing of like instead of having singular games for like singular movies or stories or whatever. It was kind of a, here's a big, massive world set within the universe. We're going to put all of the the stuff that you know in it, and then we can also add our own stuff to it and a bunch of like mini games. It's like a universe hub is what Skywalker Saga felt like. You just had the whole universe at your disposal. You could play through the story just so that you could have that kind of nostalgia, and then it was everything else that you want. 
Um, would Harry Potter bring me to it? Pro- I'm, I'm not as big a fan, so I don't think the gameplay of the Lego games on its own is enough to bring me in. But some of the other properties, like I can imagine like a Middle Earth Lord of the Rings one, that would probably bring me into it. Um, I think like a DC one could be really interesting. Um, or like even if you had like a Batman one where it's just all of Gotham with every villain and every, you know, hero within it. Like I think that kind of template is gonna work potentially really well. Um yeah, for Harry Potter, probably not. For another one of their IPs, it probably would be enough to bring me in. Um, just because I think they've got a really nice kind of format of how they're gonna do them from here. Um and it quite clearly sold. I think Skywalker Saga sold really well. Um, and it was up. It was it was up for an award or two, wasn't it, at the end of the year? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it was ever going to reach the heights of uh, Mario Rabbids, but uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was well appreciated, wasn't it? For sure, it um, certainly was. Yeah, definitely. So, like, I feel like they've got more than enough, and you know, they know what they're doing. They know how to make fun games. Um, although one thing that did bother me and Cat was that if you play co-op the your co-op partner doesn't get any progress or trophies or anything like that and i thought that was a bit of a shame because these games kind of made for like couch co-op stuff um but yeah i think they've got a winning format harry potter wouldn't bring me in but i'm certain some of their other ips will and i think like josh said there's always more space for more lego games people love them they're just fun they're easy to play and you can just pick them up whenever and if you have the right ip that you're interested in i think people are going to buy into that still so yeah i think they'll just keep going with it yeah, I really hope so too. Uh, I think TT Games have have made a very nice corner for themselves in the industry, just kind for of sure. banging out these Lego games. And it's nice that they finally changed out the formula as well. Yeah, because um, Skywalker was a lot of fun. Oh, so much fun! Yeah, such you can a good see, time. You can see Potter in that vein, can't you? You can you can sort of see it already. Yeah, um, you know, like a Lego Hogwarts bobbing around, and yeah, it it would be a lot of fun. It just works. And like you can have like a whole Quidditch tournament on Lego and everything. It'll be great. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> Maybe I'd play that bit. I'd, I'd do that bit. I'd play the Quidditch. Screw you, Hogwarts Legacy, and your lack of Quidditch. <laughs> yeah, give the people what they want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, then. How's your Lego game history, Yog Dog? I remember playing some of the Star Wars ones some years ago, and they were fun. I, I think the Lego games, even if I'm not the biggest fan nowadays, it's an awesome property. Uh, a lot of people enjoy them. So, like, yeah, the more out there, the better. Obviously, Harry Potter does come with baggage nowadays. Um, like J.K. Rowling being an unbelievably big cunt, unfortunately. However, um, the property is beloved by many. I'm sure that the game will be, you know, good when it comes out because I don't think the Lego games get very, very many misses. So um, it'll be good to see uh, when it does come out, if it is a thing, uh, how how people respond to it. Hopefully, good. But um, yeah, it's it's been a while since I played a Lego game. I'm trying to think. I remember playing them on PS3, I think. So it would have been a while, like probably. 14 years now since I last played one. Mm. Interesting. Well, there's plenty to catch up with them. Oh, yes, um, definitely. <laughs> Skywalker's a lot of fun. I can highly recommend Skywalker Saga. If you're looking for a Star Wars. You've got like um, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, and all sorts nowadays, haven't you? Yeah. Pirates, Lego, Marvel games are fantastic. Um, Yeah. There isn't really a bad one. It's just, it, it depends what, what IP you want to play. Yeah. You know? They're basically all the same, but they're just connected to a different IP. 
So they got a good base level, but there's maybe one or two which stand above others. Yeah, I think Lego Marvel Super Heroes is still one of the greatest games, probably one of the best family children's games ever made, I think. Um, but I don't think Lego Avengers doesn't quite stand up to it. Um, but there's Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2, which adds like so many Z-list Marvel superheroes <laughs> that makes it really interesting because you just don't know who half of the people are. Um, so it kind of adds a real deep cut stuff to proper fans, you know? Like real fans will find these characters and go, wow, I can't believe they added X, Y, and Z. Um, so that makes it fun. And the massive hub of um, of New York is always fun to fly around in if you're Iron Man or Spider-Man or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they again, they just they just nail it every time. They just it's just you'll get more fun out of it if you are fans of the IP, you know the in jokes, you know the deep cuts that they're trying to do. Um, you know, there's there's a great one in Lego DC Heroes Three, I think the villains one. Um, if you play as Batman and Superman together, um, Batman will start moaning about how both of their mums are called Martha. You know, it's just <laughs> like just little things like that make it really fun. Um, that might have been Lego Dimensions, actually. Was that Lego Dimensions? It might have been Lego Dimensions. Hmm, possibly. Because um, I remember th- there's a lot of um, like there's there's a lot of fun stuff between Sonic and Batman that you can do in Lego Dimensions. Um, I had a whale of a time with that game, but yeah, um, I yeah, if you're looking for a, one to get into, then yeah, Skywalker Saga is a great one to play for sure. Awesome. All right, then, let's get stuck into the news that two massive games are coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Um, Let's start with Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Now, I don't want to keep going to Miles first, but Miles, we played this game. It doesn't run very well on PS5. Yeah, I tried to play it. What the hell is going on here? I I... (laughs) don't. I just, I can't, I can't, man. I just, uh, I still haven't even gone back to it. I still haven't. I think I got like halfway through the story from what I was told, and I just had such a torrid time with it on PS5. I can't even stomach the idea of going back now, even though it's probably fixed. I I don't know how they're going to get this game on PS4. Either they're going to have to make some crazy concessions to how the game works or runs in order to make it work. Or it's just going to be a clusterfuck. I, I, it's going to be one of those two, and I don't see how they're going to do it. If they do manage to pull it off, they're wizards, but they should have been wizards with the original release of the game in the first place. Um, you know, it was almost comical, the amount of issues people were having with this game across loads of different platforms. Um, and kind of like they did when it first released, when they were a bit like, oh, we know a couple of people on PC have had problems. No, no, it's it's a lot of people across every platform. Um, they kind of came out and said, oh, everyone's enjoyed the game so much since it came out. And I was like, mm-hmm, the people who could finish it, <laughs> you bastards. Um, which is really sad because I was super excited for the game. I think I was one of the most keen for it. Um, yeah. But just I, I don't feel an appeal to go back to it. And it was also huge um, in terms of the hard drive space that it took up as well. Like it was badly optimized. It ran like shit. Like I had visual issues off the charts. I just can't fathom how they're going to get that thing onto a PS4. Like, and you said Switch as well. Well, that's that's the other game that we're going to talk about in a second. Oh, okay, all right. I thought this was coming to Switch as well. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, I I can't see it. And if they do manage to do it, it just is going to make me wonder how it released in such a torrid state to start with. If they're now releasing it on the, you know, technically worse consoles, you know, just five months later or whatever. 
Yeah, it just leaves a bit of a weird yeah. sour taste. I don't know how they're going to do it. If they manage to pull it off, fair enough to them. But yeah, unfortunately, that, my experience was soured enough that I just can't really face going back. Yeah. Um, Cat, what is this? Is this sales? Do they want to? They want to just sell millions, millions more? Or yeah, I think so. And I think that like it's not. I think it's also maybe backlash and trying to, um, and maybe like coop it back a little bit and kind of say no, no, no they're good and and you know even though like any press is good press or bad press is still good press what the fucking saying is um it keeps the discourse going doesn't it because a lot of people do remember that jedi wasn't the best on ps5 so maybe they're hoping that they can rectify it maybe band aid band aid it with ps4 i don't agree nor do I think that's going to go well. Um, everybody that I know, for example, who has Hogwarts Legacy on PS4 is having a, like a horrid time of it. Um, it's just like constantly crashing. It's constantly, um, there's loads of stuff that just isn't right. It's constantly having like updates. Um, and I can imagine the same kind of fate for Jedi Survivor um, because Jedi Survivor, you know, Hogwarts ran pretty well on PS5, in my opinion. I, I think I had maybe one one hard crash and that was it um so for a game that has been as buggy and as kind of temperamental and it hasn't been for everybody um but there have been people who've had real temperamental issues for jedi i don't see why you would want to try that kind of route <laughs> um so it might just be simply a sales thing but also as well if you're gonna like list out an apology days the day of release um, you better have one in draft ready because <laughs> it, people are not going to be kind if you've not learned from your mistake. In fact, it will absolutely fuck the future of whatever you bring up if you continue to make this, the same mistake again. I forgot about that. About day one. Yeah. I... Yeah, my bad. Yeah, day one apology. And yeah. I think, like, if you're going to do that and you're going to, like, put out a game on PS4 and the same thing is going to happen, you had a glimpse into the future and you then didn't rectify it. So, like, no one's going to accept your second apology. Yeah. Like, uh, especially with a game that expensive. So, be careful what you do. Indeed. Uh, yeah. So. Well, um, talking of expensive games, um, last week we were discussing um, the leak of Red Dead redemption um a possible remaster a remake coming to ps5 and xbox series x <laughs> it's now been announced we know what this is and it's red dead redemption coming to nintendo switch and ps4 no upgrades no remaster nothing changes red dead redemption undead nightmare 50 quid josh thompson it's the worst outcome of any of us that could uh, be nice about it last week, this we wasn't are in the even worst on for Rockstar. This wasn't even on our list. We didn't even consider this. No, but I remember uh, the we talked about the Rockstar logo changing, and we were like, "Oh yeah, Red Dead remaster." Hmm. Um, oh, let's hope it's not outsourced and runs crappy like the uh, the older ones did the tri- the trilogy. Um, but it's far worse than that. And it's almost exactly how I called it of like, this feels like a money play. And this is a money play. They're just um, giving you the keys to play a game that people can play in other places right now 
with no extra cost, like Xbox, have a better version of it currently running at 4K, 60 frames per second on their game, on, on Xbox already. Uh, but they want PS4, Nintendo Switch to pay out a whole $50 for it. Um, and that is ludicrous. Um, it's worse than even trying for a remaster. They're just regurgitating what they have for a bit of extra money so you can play it. Um, yes, it's got Undead Nightmare, but it doesn't have any online multiplayer. So you are just playing the single-player experience, which we spoke about again last week when I said that I really enjoyed the multiplayer. I hope I can go back to it. Um, Dreams smashed to pieces. Yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a shocker from Rockstar, but oh, I don't know. Should we expect anything less than them at this point? Um, this is, of course, always also been outsourced. Rockstar have nothing to do with the development. Um, it's been developed by Double Eleven Studios, um, who have history in well, uh, let's see, la 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 la, um, Minecraft Dungeons. Okay. <laughs> Um, creating it, developing it, porting it. Um, Rust. It's it feels like this is a port studio that. Um, uh, yeah, correct down three, Limbo, Little Big Planet on the Vita, uh, Fallout seventy six. Uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. This is, it's, yeah, it's a support studio, right? That they kind of just help help develop alongside other other studios to help get to other consoles and stuff like that. Mm. Oh, well. Um, yeah, I'll give them more surprising what we were talking about last week. Still no PC port. It's a fucking lazy cash grab, and that's it. Um, no PC port either. It's just, like, I, I don't understand. I Help me understand, Ross. Um, well, Rockstar like money. And apparently there's no money on PC ports for games that people want to play on PC for the last 13 years. The people who are willing to pay four or five grand for a rig in order to play a game don't have 50 quid to pay for a fucking... Uh, yeah, they have no money for games, certainly. Uh, I just... It's just a lazy cash grab. Um, the ports that Rockstar have historically done... Uh, have been pretty bad, right? So it's not like they have... Yep. And they're charging full price for it as well. Yeah. <laughs> the more I think about it, the worse it gets. Just, yeah. I, I mean, maybe if it's 20, 30 quid, like, compared to a new AAA title, it would be some value there. But there's no improvements on the original game or anything. It's, it's literally just a straight port. It just... I I, I don't understand. Obviously, they want money, but they could have more money if they made a proper port. And, like, it worked well and maybe even improved the graphics in a few areas and actually sold it on a platform where they will actually get more sales. I just... I don't know. It just seems like it's a cash grab but incredibly lazy if you want to make money at least try at least <laughs> at least put some fucking effort in i'm swearing a lot here because i just don't understand no it's fair it's fair but let it out man it's all good it's all good you're welcome to let it out as much <laughs> as you can it's fine this is a safe uh, space it just 
it beggars belief. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not the bit world's biggest Red Dead Redemption fan, but I'm very sad for those that are. I think uh, I read someone put, I, I expected nothing and I'm still disappointed. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Um, Kat, are you paying £50 to play Red Dead on the go when you're shining the Nintendo Switch? Absolutely not. I don't want to pay £50 to get even more ache, ache, neck ache for a really, really long time. I can barely flip and finish the PlayStation version on my PlayStation. Um, this is sucks, doesn't it? Because I think as well, like they were a bit dirty with this because they would have known what people would have been thinking. Um, and I think that they should have just come out with it. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh this is this is pure filth. Um I'm gonna leave the uh, the last word to Mars on this one. Because Mars is delighted for this news. Delighted. That's a fucking shit. I, I, yeah, that's that's all I got. It's utter fucking shit. I can't believe how fucking scroungy this Last of Us Part One remake was bad. This is just, yeah, and the fact that they're putting it out to another studio to do it after what happened with the GTA one is, I, I can't fathom it. I just can't do it, Roscoe. At least Part One was a remake, you know. Yeah, I mean they did something. I didn't like the fact they charged a lot of money for it, but they did do something. This is just the laziest cash grab bullshit. Oh, even for Rockstar, this is bad. Um, yeah, I was a bit excited for this, and now any excitement I had is down, plunged into the depths of the earth, um, and I won't be buying it. So it's sad, because I love Red Dead Redemption 1, and they butchered this so they can fuck off. <laughs> 50 quid for this? Nah. It doesn't even have the multiplayer. No. Well, there we are. That's the official Finger Guns uh, statement on Red Dead Redemption coming to Switch and PS4. All right, then, let's get into recommendations. This is where we find something throughout the week that we've seen and we're like, hey, you, you should go and check this out, whether it be a game, a TV show, a comic book, a movie, a piece of chocolate, or a pink flamingo shirt. Who knows what I could be referencing there? I have no idea. Uh, George, you want to go first? What's your recommendation this week? Cool. Um, I'm going to recommend another movie. Um, it's one that I saw around the week. Uh, it is written and directed by Michael and Danny Philippou. Um, If you don't recognise their names, you may recognise them as uh, Raka Raka, which is an Australian YouTube channel. Um, they've been doing YouTube for about 10 years um, and they have made their first feature film, a full length film. Um, it was shown off at Sundance last year, ended up getting picked up by A24. Uh, so I think if you kind of like your movies and you know your sort of industry producers and stuff like that, A24 are a bit of a, a bit of a hot number at the moment. They're kind of the, the cool kids at school at the moment. Um, so they've made a film called Talk To Me. Uh, it is a horror film. And the kind of basic premise of it is that uh, these kids have a hand that they stick their own hand on and uh, say the words, talk to me. And at that point, they can see spirits from the dead, um, kind of like uh, a Bloody Mary or something like that. Um, so 
they have this 90 second window to kind of be possessed by the uh, spirit that they see when they kind of interact with this item. Uh, and as you can imagine, shit gets fucked up. People don't follow the rules and there are consequences. Um, and it is especially for two people that have just come into an industry of professional filmmaking outside of their own YouTube filmmaking, which um, if you know the Rucka Rucka Boys, you know that they're kind of, they've definitely got their own skits and their fight choreography and they've done a lot of like very hardcore wrestling stuff. Um, so, you know, they know, you know that they can film like a good YouTube video, but to say that this is probably the best horror film you'll watch this year is not an understatement. And um, they're not cheap scares. It's very unsettling. Um, it is all kind of in-house production-wise. They kind of went with a smaller studio so they could have full creative control. So all their actors are people that they've picked. They're all Australian. It's set in Australia. Um, and, yeah, it, you can just you can see and feel the authenticity that the, the, the guys did with the film. Um, and, yeah, I was thoroughly impressed with the film. Um, it was a shit cinema experience because there was a lot of, lot of people talking, but even that couldn't spoil this film because it was, it was amazing. Yeah, I've heard good things. There was a great interview with um, the directors on the current, uh, the most recent Empire podcast. And um, they're, they seem so excited and so happy that they've got a film out. And it's kind of infectious. And that's what's so heartwarming is that they are just these two dudes that have high dreams and they've achieved them just through sheer kind of like excitement of their craft and what they want to do and just mm. going full send with it and coming out very successful. I think this is going to do really well in terms of like, you know, the boring stuff of making money. But, you know, the, I think they're career looks bright for them for whatever they come up with next yeah absolutely um not something in my genre so i'm not gonna see it but i wish them all the best <laughs> good luck <laughs> all. well done guys bravo uh, so that's talk to me which is in uh, cinemas now i believe um, yeah. go check it out have you seen um the new turtles by any chance i've not i do work oh, god uh, whenever i've got a minute i i'm so excited to watch that film mm. um with my job, we kind of do screen checks for films. Uh, so we check that the screen's all right and the customers are behaving. Um, but I've just been stood there watching the film for a few minutes at a time because I cannot take my eyes off it. It looks so cool. It's so funny. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Really, really can't wait to see it. Uh, Cap, your recommendation? Uh, my recommendation is if you can't sit still, or you haven't got enough concentration, you can do Barbieheimer, but um, in one week instead of one day. You know, <laughs> go see go see one on one day, go see one on the other. You get twice the amount of ice blasts, twice the amount of popcorn, twice the amount of company, and twice the amount of fun. Aww. Yeah, there I, you go. Isn't that cute? <laughs> I, I agree. I've only done the Barbie of the Barbieheimer so far, but... um. Yeah, I had a I had a perfectly lovely time. I had a perfectly lovely time too, and I fucking just love a Tango Ice Blast. 
Uh, aren't they great? Aren't they just the best thing? Yeah, that's so good. And the thing is, mixed is the only way you should really have them. Did you guys manage to get the candy floss flavor? No. No, not. they don't do that in my Taunton one, but in the Bridgewater one, they do a bubblegum flavor, which wasn't oh. that nice. We had um, we had candy floss to celebrate Barbie, um, and that was instead oh. of cherry. And it was an all right flavor, you know, mixing it with the oh, blue raspberry. I just wish that it was available oh. more places. Like it only seems to be in cinemas. Yeah. Yeah. And and if it's like, like a corner shop, they don't they don't hit as well. There's something about the machines that they're just not like it's Yeah. Not, uh, I don't think the they're same. like official stuff, is it? Mm. Uh, it's not fizzy. How are you um feeling about Barbie now, Cap? Oh Because yeah, we came out, we were like we came I... out, we were like, it was good, it was good. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it's perfectly enjoyable. Um, I think I'm still on the on the same vein that we were yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just mm. yeah, uh, I had to de- dissect it with Miles and be like, so this happened and that happened, and then kind of <laughs> felt like they'd gone too far that way, so they pulled it back quickly, and then there was a dance off, and then it ended. Doesn't Miles so... need to see it? Miles, Miles doesn't want to see it. it. He doesn't want to, but he needs to. <laughs> Because no, that, that actually <laughs> that actually sounds really bad if everyone's got like, like some sort of context about what the actual film's about that I'm telling him that he really needs it. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Let's just be clear. I think you know, just to get that com- be part of that conversation. I think it's an interesting conversation to have. Miles. You need an education. Go and see Barbie and learn something. God, must be right. pretty fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I did enjoy it a lot. I still, um, I'm still firm on my seven out of ten. I think I think it was a a perfectly good film with some tremendous performances, and I, I think sublime. they nailed the the points. Extreme, and then one to the other, and then back again. Um, I'm still not 100 percent sure what they were trying to say. But uh, yeah, it was, but <laughs> it was like, it we'll still yeah. on it. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've, I've really thought about it today. And I was like, they really, they, they made their points well, but there was like, they were too afraid to just go right over the line with it. Um, and they kind of, they kind of reined themselves in before it was too late. Yeah, it felt aspects, like they reined but... themselves in a bit. And I was just a bit like, oh, well, you really went hard for the first hour. So like, why are you stopping now? <laughs> yeah. But um, no, no, no. Margot was great. Uh, Gosling was great. Um, I love the narration from Helen Mirren. I think Helen Mirren's got the best joke in the whole thing. Um, yeah, and I, I'm yeah, convinced that's in the script. I'm convinced yeah, that joke said... isn't in the script. <laughs> just, yeah, just Helen Mirren going to the producers. Hang on, guys. That's uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's um, yeah, highly recommended. It's a uh, it's a really really fun time. Uh, Miles, your recommendation? Uh, apparently, it needs to be going to see Barbie. Yeah, you've got <laughs> no, to go see Barbie. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, mine is—I don't think I've—I might have spoken about this before, but if I have, sorry, I'm just going to talk about it again. Um, Jack got me Hideo Kojima's um, "The Creative Gene" book, and it's very interesting. It's basically all of his inspirations and kind of books from when he was growing up that helped to inspire his kind of creative thinking uh, that led to him to create all the games that we know now. Um, which I think is actually—I think I was telling you, Josh, about this, wasn't I? Of He's very kind of attached to, he watches movies and he writes all of his characters based on movies, not on 
um, characterization, and it's been one of the the criticisms he's had throughout his time making games. Um, and this book kind of flips that completely on, on its head because he's read a hell of a lot, and he actually does a daily thing where he goes into a bookstore almost every day um, to look through and pick out whatever book takes his fancy on that day. Um, and he talks about like the whole process of that and why he doesn't order books online and why the store for him is so important. Um, and it's just quite interesting to get an insight into someone who has such a creative mind and seeing all the different influences and different things that he's taken inspiration from. Um, and he even talks about how like some of the books you can directly see the translations into his video games, whether he meant to or not. Um, and I just think that's really cool, like getting that kind of insight into how someone goes through their creative process. Um, especially for someone who's considered rather uh, eccentric, to say the least. Um, so yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm only about a third of the way through, I think. Um, and it is just very much like, here is this book. This is the part that I like about it. This is me talking about my experience with it and that kind of thing. Um, so it can be a bit dry if you're not into that kind of style of storytelling. Um, but I think there's a lot to glean, especially if you're a fan of his work. So yeah, worth checking out. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a great doorstop. Wow. <laughs> Jesus, I'm getting busted today. Was <laughs> no, the yeah, quiz just, that bad? No, it's just me and me, me and Kojima don't have much of a history. That's all. Yeah, that um, is fair. That is fair. We'll fix um, that when the uh, when the collection comes out. We'll fix that. But I, I respect him as an author and as a creator. Absolutely. Um, okay, can work with that. Yog, what are you recommending to the great wide world this week? Uh, I'm going to recommend some alcohol. Nice! That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I went to the pub on Friday, and <laughs> I had my copper burgers for normal. Um, mixed fruit uh, is typically what I go for nowadays. But they had some sweet vintage pear copperberg cider there. I was like, you know what? I remember the old copperberg pear. It was alright, but I'll try this one out and see what it's like. It is bloody tasty. Um, I I don't think it's one you could drink like many many bottles of, especially because it's seven percent compared to mixed fruit being four percent. But like having two or three bottles of it easily, it, it will go down very easily. It, it's extremely tasty. It's really smooth. It's it's got a really nice taste to it. It just goes down way too easy. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd recommend giving that a go. Just, like, I'm not responsible for if anyone gets too drunk on it. Please enjoy moderation, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Please enjoy until you feel like you can't enjoy anymore. Um, when the fun stops, stop, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, I do love me some Kofferberg. Uh, my niece got me onto um, a raspberry Kofferberg, and we shared that together over Christmas. That amount. is that the best flavor, lovely. and it's rarely anywhere. And it's not even one. doesn't even taste like alcohol. Just beautiful raspberry cider. It's lovely. I got some summer punch Copperberg downstairs in the fridge. Oh, nice. Um, which I've not tried that one, but I saw it in Sainsbury's the other day. And it's like oh, I'm going to pick that one up. I also got some Italian cider, which I've had before. I can't remember the name of it because it's hard to pronounce, but um, it's bloody delicious as well so that might be my recommendation next week possibly cool. i'll have to go and get some well i won't go and get some i don't keep alcohol in the house um i live on my own just two day flat it is depressing enough i mean i don't want to sit here and drink on my own as well <laughs> um i took that as a as a kind of thing 
to be wary of when I first moved in here. And I was like, yeah. right, no alcohol. Just do it as a social thing, and that's exactly what I do. So, yeah, when I'm out again, I will, uh, I will check it out if it's available. Fabulous stuff. Um, all right, I suppose my recommendation was Barbie. So, um, I guess I'm done. But, um, yeah, not much has happened this week. I recommend hanging out with Cap because it will automatically make your life 110% better. Okay, deal with that. Aww, Thank you, Um Yeah, it's just um, it's just a good time. She will drive past you, um, even if she's picking you up, and she'll just tear <laughs> straight past you. I was like um, fully, I was like fully in like Taylor Swift sing song, and then I was like, oh, I need to stop around here somewhere. And then I was like, ah, I've missed it. Oh well, <laughs> <laughs> round again. <laughs> and yep. um, if she says, if, if she says to you, wear pink, you take it very seriously. Yeah, and you did. You really like you. You knew, you knew the objective. You you did it. You understood the assignment. I understood the assignment, and you did. The hilarious thing is, the cat didn't wear any pink at all. <laughs> I, I wore pink on my eyes and on my lips, and that's about it. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And then I walked into the Odeon, got and, and then got stared at by, by by young children. So that was fun. But would, was fun. Uh, would purple suffice? Like, I don't own any pink stuff. Yeah, mm. purple suffice. I have like yeah. five purple t-shirts though, because purple's my favorite color. Yeah, but what do I know? I'm just kin, you know. I'm just kin. That has been playing today. I'm Anywhere else head. you'd uh, be a ten. Anywhere else I'd be a ten. Hmm. But uh, you know, I've got to consider my own fragility, and uh, have no interest in hierarchy. Now it has nothing to do with horses. So there we are. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, Steve, for listening. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us up. Actually, Miles, you can do the outro this week. Uh, okay. Can I have the... <laughs> Why me? What did I do today? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. There's, there is a reason I can't think of it right Miles? Now. Uh-huh. Don't, oh. don't do it, Yog. Don't, oh, don't fucking t- do it. I know what you're going to fucking say. You're not saying it. Please can Yog do it? Can I request Yog to do it? <laughs> Officer Tenpenny. Can, can that just be the outro? There you go. Subscribe um... to Officer Tenpenny on um, <laughs> FNGRGNS. <laughs> I, will, I will do it properly I will get this wrong, it's fine um, Okay Right then, that's everything from us Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast And my suffering today Don't forget that if you want to follow us, follow us all You absolutely can Just check the link tree in the bio in the description below To find us in all the places possible If you want to, you can follow us on Twitter uh, We are at FNGRGNS Or you can follow us individually uh, In the description below where you'll find all of our handles Except for me because I'm smart And I don't have Twitter If you really like what we do, you can subscribe to our Patreon for $1 a month, which keeps the podcast alive and kicking on its various podcast hosting services. It also keeps the website nice and sparkly. But that's it. We will be back very soon. Can't wait for you to join us again, where I get to suffer more abrasive quiz answers. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, It is goodbye from Roscoe. It's good. (laughs) Uh, It is goodbye from Yogdog. I'm not going to do it again uh hello go on, go on do it again let's let's finish it in style go on g- give us one more officer ten penny thank you thank you it is goodbye from joshua bye everyone and it is goodbye from cat hi bobby and um yeah it's goodbye from me um they said i needed to be called midge so it is goodbye from midge <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> 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 <laughs>
I don't know what it means. I'm, I'm assuming it's from Barbie, but I don't know what it means. So I'm, here I am. I've not seen it either, so I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. This is this is it. This is the podcast. Be careful, man, or I'll beat you off. <laughs> well, that's an offer you can't refuse. We'll all be beating <laughs> each other off. Okay. Um, no one is beaching anyone. No beaching off today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Should we finish it there? Yeah. Okay. Bye! <laughs>